Addiction kills thousands of Americans every year, and it impacts millions of lives. Addiction, or substance use disorder, is a chronic mental health condition. And today on Stigma Busters, we're going to learn more about how individuals right here in Wood County are combating addiction and helping individuals recover through the Addiction Response Collaborative, also known as ARC. Stay tuned. Before we dive in more into our podcast, we want to share a disclaimer for our audience. The content we share on Stigma Busters can bring up a variety of feelings and thoughts, and the Wood County Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services Board is here to help you. Sometimes, folks may have thoughts of suicide. If you are experiencing these type of thoughts, please dial the Wood County Crisis Line. That number is 419-502-HOPE. So again, 419-502-HOPE. 4673, and you'll be connected to an experienced counselor right here in Wood County who will help you get help. You can also text 4HOPE, so the number 4HOPE, to the crisis text line, and that number is 741741, and you'll be connected to a counselor within minutes. Always remember, help is here. On today's episode, I'm joined by Madison and Caleb from ARC, Addiction Response Collaborative in Wood County. Madison is the program coordinator for ARC, which includes offering support and resources to overdose victims and their families. She also facilitates the pretrial diversion program. Caleb is a six-year veteran of law enforcement and is employed by the Wood County Sheriff's Office. He is currently assigned to ARC, and in this role, he will assist narcotic-dependent individuals on their journey to sobriety. I'm very excited to chat with him today so we can learn a bit more about the ARC program and how to beat stigma surrounding addiction. All right, so why don't you two go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself. My name is Madison Wilmow. Uh, I am the program coordinator of the Wood County Addiction Response Collaborative, also known as ARC. I am a licensed social worker. Um, I received my bachelor's from Bowling Green State University. My name is Caleb Smith. I'm the deputy with the ARC program. Um, I have a degree in police science and I've been in law enforcement for six years and went to Wood County Sheriff's Office for two and with the ARC program for a few months now. Great, yeah. I also went to UTSU, so go Falcons. Yes, <laughs> great place. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, so what inspired you to, to get involved in your respective fields of social work and law enforcement? I decided to get in social, involved in social work due to having a passion for helping people. Um, so after I received my license, I um, applied for a job at Wood County Children's Services. Um, working there, I had a lot of individuals I worked with that was addicted to drugs or alcohol. Um, so I became fascinated with the population and from there on I wanted to work more in the population. Wonderful. Myself, um, 
I was thinking about joining the military, but I had to stay home to take care of my dad. And uh, with law enforcement, I thought it was similar to the military. Um, and being that I like to help people, I was like, perfect, perfect uh, career for choice for me. And uh, after going to college and getting a two-year degree that was studying how to become a police officer, I realized this is the perfect field. And then after getting into the field, I worked with Mercy Police Department for three and a half years and dealing with people addicted to substances and mental health issues. When this position came available, with the skills I'd learned from that position at Mercy, I learned that this is the right position for me, so I applied for it nice. within the Sheriff's Office. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously you two have a passion for helping people, you both said that, and I feel like the ARC program is kind of a good fit for that, for your passions and what you like to be doing, what you went to school for. Mm -hmm. um, so why don't you go ahead and explain a little bit more about what ARC is and um, how it, important it is for the community. So the Wood County Addiction Response Collaborative, also known as ARC, is a program that um, is focused on helping individuals who are addicted to alcohol or drugs by intervening and providing assistance um, with the objective of achieving, uh, achieving and maintaining sobriety. But ARC is a crucial resource in the community because we do not only help the individual but support systems. So we help everybody that's involved because we uh, realize that addiction doesn't only affect one person, it affects everybody's involved. So. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so when you say systems, do you mean um, obviously like family members or loved ones, but mm -hmm. like big picture, so like the whole community? Do you do any programming relating to that at all, or is it more working with the individuals? Um, well, we try to get out in the community um, to let inform people of the program. Um, we, part of our program to connect the individual to resources, we are constantly um, networking with agencies and informing them of the program. Um, so I would say the community as a whole. Um, we want to help individuals. Um, I mean, we receive referrals before from even coworkers or bosses. Okay. So we honestly get out in the community and you know help everybody. Yeah, I mean that's wonderful. I think mm -hmm. it sounds like a really great program. Um, how? Um, when did it get involved in Wood County? When did it start? Um, it started in 2017. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. So fairly new still. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, so if someone wants to get involved in the art program or there is a referral, how does that process work? So when we have a referral, it could be from a family member, a police agency. Um, once they give me the pers person's information or Madison, the information, I then research them. I look at background history, um, try to get addresses stuff like that to understand what type of life this person's living and then I'll go out and interview the individual. Uh, once interviewing the individual, say someone referred this person, they're like, yeah, they're using, and then I go out there and determine they're not. Obviously, we won't continue to follow up with them about it if they're not using, but if they are using, we will continue to follow up to try to help them get into treatment if they want to um, and continue to follow up that way. But it's uh, anyone who wants to refer somebody who is addicted to a substance can refer them and then we'll investigate it from there. Okay, okay. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, get involved in that way, in that manner. Um, I am curious though, you know, you said this program started in 2017, and in case you didn't know, there's been this pandemic happening. 
unfortunately, for the past few years. Um, and I'm just curious, um, I've done some research on uh, how mental health has mm -hmm. been affected by the pandemic, but I don't know a whole lot of how addiction has been affected. So have you seen um, higher numbers in referrals, lower numbers? Um, has this pandemic and COVID made it a little more difficult for people to get treatment? So when the pandemic occurred, our program started to receive more referrals. In that first year, um, in the first six months, significantly we received our referrals went up by 50%. So we did receive an increase in referrals. Um, but I would have to say it continued because our 2020 statistics, um, it's the same with the 2021 statistics. So we actually received the same amount of referrals in 2020 that we did in 2021. So it goes to show that um, even though the pandemic is you know, continuing and stuff, um, the referrals are consistent with the rise. And that's higher than like 2018, 2019? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you think 2022 is going to look like? That's a good question. Um, I mean, honestly, we hope to receive more referrals in general just because mm -hmm. um, we, and due to like maybe um, uh, drug trends that change and stuff like that, we're trying to get out in the community to inform people more that we're here to help before an overdose occurs. So we hope, honestly, that we get more referrals before an overdose occurs so we can step in, intervene, and provide assistance to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that makes sense. You obviously want to get to the person before they're mm -hmm. at that point. Oftentimes, there's a lot of stigma surrounding addiction, which mm -hmm. is often what we talk a lot on this show. Um, you know, a lot of people I feel when I've talked about addiction, um, they kind of think similarly to mental health more like, you know, depression, anxiety, but even more like, get over it. It's not a disease. This isn't something that you should be, you know, dealing with, you know, mm -hmm. just move on. Um, how in your line of work have you handled addiction or handled stigma around addiction when you hear statements like this? People saying, you know, addiction is not a disease. It's not, it should just be something people get over. A lot of the time when we hear stuff like that, we try to educate because it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of people not knowing about mm -hmm. it. They 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 don't understand it, and uh, making sure we educate them, bring up the topics about you know, um, home life, um, genetics, stuff like that. Just just so that way we can pinpoint on it, so that way they understand more about it instead of just glazing over it and trying to you know just say this is the way it is. You know it's educate it's all about education yeah absolutely um can you tell listeners just a little bit more about like addiction in terms of it's affected by genetics it's affected by environment just so they can get an idea of how people do become addicted so some of the things with it um genetics um, i'm not a doctor so i can't get into that part right. but the environment and things like that um obviously if you're going to be if you grow up around drugs um, maybe your parent had needles laying around the house. Um, for an example, we had a child who overdosed on a pill because the mother was snorting it and the baby got a hold of it. It was a very young child and this was just recently. These are ways that it actually affects the child growing up because if you grow up around it, that's going to be your norm. That's going to be the normal thing around you. So that's what you're going to gravitate towards in your life. And that's something that people don't really understand. I mean, if you, if you live out in a, say you live out in a very nice community, it's, you know, it's well kept, everything like that, you're going to grow up believing that most 
of the communities around you, especially if you don't get out much, that this is the, this is it. This yeah. is this is the way everybody lives. That yeah. it's not though. I mean, if you go to on a very bad part of the neighborhood, you don't know that until you move to those areas. But that's the same thing with drugs. If you don't, if you don't grow up on the outside of it, looking in, you're you're gonna think this is the norm for people to be on drugs, to be smoking marijuana, shooting up, snorting pills, stuff like that. So. So it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know in exactly. both ways. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily know what's on the other side unless you're in it. Mm -hmm. um, I like your example of, you know, people who grew up in, like, a nice neighborhood and there's mm -hmm. not a lot of crime or drugs or anything like that and they don't necessarily know beyond that. And it's the yeah. same idea of people who grew up in an environment with drugs mm -hmm. available mm -hmm. and maybe their parents or people coming in and out of their house and they see that and that's the norm. Um, I think it's a really good way that you put that. When people hear these stigmatizing statements, or they grow up in an environment where this is the norm, this is what their parents did, this is what they grew up with, um, how do these sorts of things affect people when they're in treatment? Like, does it make it more difficult for them to continue into treatment? It can. Um, I mean, some of the people I've spoken with that while they're in treatment, they, they say, that this is so hard. I understand why people don't do that, like don't get off of the drugs, um, just because of the pain they go through when they go through the detox and stuff like that. And then also with the stigmatism and everything with using and everything along those lines, it affects where they go to get treatment, which can affect the type of treatment level they get because everybody is going to require different treatment. Nobody, no person's the same person. Right. Um, so when they go through treatment, every person needs a little bit tweaked of what they what they need to get clean and stay clean. And um, with the stigmatism and stuff like that, we've had people who are like, I don't want to go anywhere close to here. Um, I don't want friends, family knowing about this. I just want to keep it where it's like nobody knows. And th that can affect your treatment because if, say, there's a facility over here that's perfect for them, you know, like, um, you, it's, you know, based around physical fitness and like mm -hmm. staying active, stuff yeah. like that, that might be good for an individual who likes to work out and that's how they get their mind off of things. But because of where it's at and the stigmatism, they're going to stay away from it because they're like, I don't want friends to know I'm here. They're going to see me driving mm -hmm. there, you know? So it's all about being able to try to help the individual, make them understand that Sometimes you need to battle through that to get the right treatment and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of like shame and guilt for people who are experiencing addiction. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that with individuals that you work with, that they find themselves just disclosed, not wanting to talk about it, afraid to admit that they have um, a problem? Some of them, yes. Some, um, some are, they're going to ignore the problem until it's too late, unfortunately. Um, but the ones who really put the effort forward, I think they eventually understand that they need to talk about it. They need to face what's what's been happening to them. And then they start that road, that road to recovery to make sure they get on, they take the right steps.
The Addiction Response Collaborative, or ARC, was created to help assist individuals who have experienced opioid overdoses, substance abuse disorders, and families to create a bridge to recovery in programs and resources. They work with different treatment providers in the area, as well as through the state of Ohio, to tailor the recovery program to what would serve best for you or your loved one. They work hard in their service of the client and can and will handle the sometimes daunting challenges faced with addiction, whether that be insurance or Medicaid issues, transportation, employment, housing, or guidance through the legal system. To learn more, visit woodcountyarc.com. Unfortunately, relapse does occur, so I mean, there's no getting around that. Um, but relapse is when someone goes back to using drugs or alcohol again after um, not using the substance for a, a while. So they'll go back into that behavior of using again. Um, but research does show that an individual does go back to a problem behavior at least seven times before um, maintaining a change. So, I mean, that, that little bit of information shows that, you know, relapse happens, right? Um, but the ARC program is to help you. We're helped to prevent, maybe prevent or overcome relapse by giving you resources and providing you support. So, um, we're here to help all together. Um, some of the ways that it happens, a lot of people, once they get done with treatment, they think that's it. They went in, they detoxed, they went through the 30 or 90 days program that they had and they said, that's it, that's all I need. Unfortunately, when what I've seen in my short time with the ARC program, the individuals that do that, they typically relapse. Now that's not every case, but the majority of what I've seen is. Um, it's because they start going back into those same patterns and behaviors that they were doing prior to getting clean. So. They aren't going to meetings anymore. Um, maybe they start hanging out with old friends that use around them. And that typically leads to using again. Uh, an example, someone told us recently, yeah, I, my old friend contacted me. I mean, he was clean multiple years. And yeah, an old friend contacted me, ended up hanging out with them. First time I hung out with them, said, hey, you wanna, you wanna do a pill? He did a pill and then from there he kept going and eventually he shot up again and he overdosed. He lived, thank God, but unfortunately that's what typically happens. You start get, falling back into that pattern of not staying on top of your sobriety, making sure you're going to meetings, making sure you're not falling in the same patterns, behaviors that led you to using and making sure you're staying on top of mental health and all the different aspects of drug use so yeah 
Well, I can definitely see how relapse happens. Like you said, it takes seven times um, to really make that change. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that before with any sort of habit or yeah. anything, like even biting nails, that really takes a <laughs> yeah. long time to get over. And I can imagine someone who's going through addiction, I mean, that's, that's a challenge, especially when you're getting put right back into that environment mm -hmm. that was so easy just to use and um, it's really hard to overcome. I did want to ask, you know, when people are out of um, rehab and they're in their recovery, what are some of the coping skills um, to help prevent that relapse that you have recommended or um, have heard that have been really helpful for folks? Um, honestly, I always tell anybody positive support systems. Um, I mean, talk to maybe your mom, your dad, um, maybe that positive support as a friend, um, even calling us um, and talking to us. I mean, we talk to even family members mm -hmm. um, for a while um, and provide that support. Um, staying busy, I know we talk to a lot of individuals, um, like Caleb was saying, they stay active and stuff like that. Um, staying busy, even keeping their mind busy. Um, I know someone was even like drywalling. Um, yeah, so do even doing that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, whatever works. I mean, yeah. I don't like to drive yeah. all the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but really, I think the uh, main part of it is just keeping your mind busy. That's what, when we talk to a lot of individuals, that's what they, they help, is just keeping their mind busy. I mean, that definitely makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and you said, you know, talk with your loved ones, and mm -hmm. you've even talked with loved ones, and you mentioned that earlier. So yeah. I want to learn just a little bit more of how ARC helps with family members or loved ones. Mm -hmm. um, of those who are facing addiction? How do you help those people? Yeah, so, I mean, this is the one thing we always try to inform everybody is that we do, we do not only help the individual, um, but the support system also. So even, like I said earlier, if it's like the coworker, the mom, the father, I mean, the sister, you know, even a long relative, um, we will always follow up with them regarding um, support and giving them information regarding resources. Um, I always try to inform everybody of um, support groups in the area that they can go to. Um, and then even, I mean, if they want to be referred to counseling, um, I'll refer them to an agency to help with that, um, to help process feelings and trauma and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can imagine if you're a family member mm -hmm. or a loved one, of someone that can be really challenging and really kind of earth shattering that oh my child is mm -hmm. struggling my child is dealing with something that could is deathly mm -hmm. um that could be really hard so i'm really glad that there is arc here to help even the family members who are struggling how to navigate all of this because mm -hmm. as someone who's helped with resources it can be really overwhelming <laughs> as an individual trying to find what's appropriate and what's not appropriate yeah yeah, I mean, we just have, like, family members or any, like I said, anybody call um, call us and they're like, where do we start? And that's what we help guide them with. Because a lot of people just don't mm -hmm. know maybe resources in the community if they, you know, they don't know a lot about addiction and stuff. So exactly. we try to help guide them. Exactly. And that's wonderful that there's someone available who can do that. Um, like I said, I know when we've gotten calls where people have questions and they don't even know where to start. They just want someone to listen to them too and hear what's going on and just have a, an ear of someone who's willing to talk to them and listen. 
Yeah, that's funny that you say that because we always say just even lending an ear goes mm-hmm. a long way. And yeah. by the end of that phone call, even if it's like five minutes or like an hour, they'll be like, they'll feel so much better. So yes. Yes. lending yes. an ear is crucial. Yes. Yeah. Especially for you two who like to help people. I'm sure that's really rewarding to, you know, yeah. be able to help someone. Even just in that matter, you know, five minute phone call can really, <laughs> really change so how someone feels. Yeah. It's just such a relief just to get it out there and talk to someone who's, you know, not going to go off and gossip about you or who knows all your business. Sometimes that's yeah. just very life-changing. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, when we're addressing stigma around addiction, so people like me, people who don't really know necessarily a whole lot, um, how can we educate and advocate for those who may be struggling with addiction? So I think one thing that um, Kayla was pinpointing earlier like how you're pinpointing education. Um, but honestly, when we talk to individuals, it's just start by having a discussion. Um, so we can, during that discussion, we can help educate and advocate for those who are struggling with addiction by providing maybe um, a resource regarding the support groups in the area. I mean, that would even go a long way um, for family members talking to someone who's going through the same thing. Um, maybe even, um, I have even websites regarding um, individuals who have who are parents that have an individual with a child that's addicted? Um, so I even give resources regarding websites, um, support groups, anything that can help educate the individual. But really, just start by having that discussion um, goes a long way by lending that ear and just advocating for those who are struggling with addiction and yeah. help provide those resources. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think after this conversation today, I definitely want to do a little more research. Um, you know, I'm a social as well, um, but I have worked with a lot of people who are struggling with addiction, and um, it was just really eye-opening to hear what you two had to say and the stories that you shared. Um, I think people who aren't in it don't always necessarily know how devastating and impactful it can be on someone's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really a piece of what we want to educate people on is it can really have an impact not only on the person, but their whole support system around them, every single person around so, as we close today, um, what would be a piece of advice that you would give someone who maybe is struggling with addiction today? So, one piece of advice I would give someone um, is to move forward. Um, so, to think about your goal and not look back. Um, I feel like a lot of individuals, just in general, maybe dwell in the past. Um, so, honestly, just move forward and use the resources that you have and don't look back. Um, even maybe someone that's going through relapse may look back about and constantly think about relapsing. Um, but I mean, all you can do is move forward and think about where you want to be and who you want to be. So all I have to say is move forward and not look back. That's great advice. Thank you. Do you have any advice? Um, I guess one piece of advice I would give is reach out. Reach out to somebody who can help. I We understand that it's not going to it's not always just one person that's going to help you get clean. You know, it might not just be yourself that you need. Sometimes you need outside help, and that's what we're here for. So. Yeah, absolutely. So reach out and move forward. That's great advice. Thank you. Um, is there anything else that you two wanted to talk about today that um, we may not have gotten to? No? Mm-hmm. Just right. Don't hesitate to reach out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for coming on today and talking with us. 
Uh, I know I learned a lot. I hope others uh, learned a lot too. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.